0: Listening to the Good Old Boys Fantasy Football Podcast. Now here's your hosts Kevin, Derek, and Alex.
1: Oh, right! I welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of the Good Old Boys Fantasy Football Podcast. We're back here for the weekly huddle, bet set, snap. We're getting ready for Week Four and the kickoffs. Here I am, Derek, and joined as always by your co-host Kevin. Kevin, how are we doing tonight?
0: Oh, doing good, man. Doing good. Glad it's Friday. I'm glad I get to hang out here with you. Uh, you know, I'm glad we're, we're, we're talking fantasy football, like all, all the things to be happy about. So, you know, we're, we're here. We're going to try and move some units, right? Been decent so far this year. I wouldn't say we've been like out of this world, but I, we've had we've had some good movement, right? We're what? We're sitting about 56 to 60% and mm-hmm. 56, 58%, something like that. I mean so we're, we're we're just above even essentially right Is kind of how that would break out to vegas so you know tighten some things down button some things up but uh we're getting there we're we're, we're doing all right
1: yeah, i think when i was combing through it earlier i think we're both positive in units uh when it's all said and done there so well, I ask uh, for
0: last year yeah. i struggled i was on the struggle bus last year big time so
1: yeah, I, I'm I'm hoping that I can catch you this week, right? I I think I got one game back from you on the, uh, you know, the Thursday night one there, and uh, so I think I'm now oh. only five five games back here uh, as far as picks go. So from the
0: Thursday night, oh, because the over.
1: Yeah, yeah, I had the uh, I had the, the spread and the prop, and you had the spread on that one, so I gained gained one back on you there. So
0: yeah, I. I, I was, I knew I was in trouble when Detroit went up that fast that early. But uh, kudos to to Jordan Love and Dobbs. I I really thought that they would shut him down and and make Watson more of a deal, and they didn't. Watson was a secondary piece, and they really kind of ran that passing attack through Romeo Dobbs. So uh, kudos to them. I definitely uh, learned a lesson on Thursday night. How about that? Yep.
1: That's that's all right. I I felt incredibly smart having seen that with Christian Watson's finally on the field because a guy wearing a hat very similar to mine um, and sitting in the same chair I believe sat there all the way back in what was that June um, when we covered the Packers said that uh, regardless of all of all the hype and all of the everything else going on there he fully believed that we would see uh, Romeo Dobbs out target out you know have more receptions. And potentially put up more yards and touchdowns than Christian Watson, even if they played all you know 17 games um together there. So um I felt I felt very good about that call. I had a couple other really good calls that I felt good on, right? Like I, I called the Laporta over 41 mm-hmm. and a half on that one. And then the next night after we did our Tuesday show, I, I made an appearance over on the going for two team and uh, their pod over there with Jeff and all of that that we've, you know, we've had him on the show before and uh, we, uh, he was doing some underdog pickems and, and that kind of stuff on there. And I called for Sam Laporta to then be under uh, 8.95 fantasy points. So walking in that kind of razor thin edge where I'm calling him to be over this and under on the point total. And we, we had both of those happen. So felt dialed in as far as that part of it went.
0: Yeah. yeah. Uh, it is. I was a little – as a Amon Ross St. Brown owner, I was really glad he fell into the end zone because I was not overly thrilled with his usage in that game, but they didn't have to, right? Like, it, it is game script. And with Monty having, what, 30, 31 carries and – Yeah, on my bench. It, it, it just – that's brutal. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the one of the gal, the gal who has him in my work league came walking up this morning. I was talking to her a little bit and she said the same thing. And she it's goes, yep. Kid. And he's sitting on my damn bench. <laughs> she was frustrated, but I have no love lost for anybody who's doing well in my work league because I have lost Nick Chubb and Mike Williams to season ending the injuries. So I am in scramble mode in that league big time. Um, that's all right. We're going to, we're going to try and, persevere
1: Yeah, that's now the second time this uh this fantasy season that i have had a player uncork for 80 points on my uh on my bench in the home league so
0: it's a tough recipe for success brother
1: yeah and then i'm hopping on here every week going you should bench this guy you should play this guy over that and i uh i'm, I'm gonna start taking my own advice here i guess is the uh is the key to that uh that
0: I mean, who 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 did you play when you were going through it? Who did you make the decision to play over Montgomery?
1: Well, so for me, my my running back, my running back one and two are locked and loaded, and will be the rest of the season, right? Because I've got Bijan Robinson and I got Tony Pollard, mm-hmm. so I have two top five backs that are sitting in my running back one two spot, and it's it's not one of those that you're going to move off of one of those guys to put in David Montgomery, even when he has a. a you know, Correct. He's he's having a great season, right? Correct. Like, so it, it comes down to the wide receivers and how how I feel like that one's going to be, right? Like played Olave, right? Kind of I kind of a set it and forget it wide receiver for me, where I drafted him, you know, draft, you know, all of that kind of stuff. My team backup, all that. Like he's locked in there, and he's he's been producing for me on that one as well. I went with the Calvin Ridley, even though it's the um, in London, London game, yeah. yep. But it's the revenge game, and like, there's, there's no. I, I really don't think there's any love lost between Calvin Ridley and the Falcons organization there. So, I have a feeling the dropsies are going to turn around. All of that, like, the Falcons I, aren't
0: the reason Calvin Ridley got suspended. Though.
1: Correct, right? But keep in mind, before he got suspended, he actually walked away from the organization, citing mental yeah, health, that, all of that one, all hurt. of those things, right? Like, there's yeah.
0: so. He was on my roster at that point. That one hurt,
1: right? So I'm going with the revenge narrative, that kind of stuff. Like we typically see these guys go off in those revenge type of games, and I'm I'm banking that he's got more of the first two quarters of the season in him and left in him for this season than we've seen the last ten quarters of football played for him. So I had him as my wide receiver two in there, and then I put Puka, Puka Nakua in as my flex. Um, you know, again, thinking that Indy's been kind of banged up, the the Rams, the Rams seem to fit to this guy and, and like to use use him, and so that's kind of where I'm going that route. And so, well, in our
0: league, with how the the volume points right. work, right? Like, it is a good way to chew up a lot of points for a guy who's until last Monday night, right, a- has been seeing double digit targets,
1: right. And so right. it was right. that and, you know, other guys that I could have put in there, Miles Sanders fighting a little bit of a, of an injury bug. It seems like, uh, Brennan Ayuk, he was, you know, coming off of missing last week with, uh, with an injury there as well. So that was one of those that I, I could have played two guys that were coming off of injury, David Montgomery or, uh, Brennan Ayuk. And I'm always, a always a believer of kind of, giving them one game, letting them kind of get back into that and really seeing what they look like coming back from injury than necessarily plugging and chugging right away if I if I have other options. And certainly with this roster, I have other options that I can
0: Right. Do. So, question, right? Because this is something that all fantasy users are going to face, right? If Debo – if they rule Debo out on Saturday
1: – Brandon Ayuk is probably going to find his
0: way into that. Do you my- play him – yeah, do you plug him in over – Calvin Ridley.
1: I think I have to
0: like Like, the sole number one receiver kind of trumps the revenge game factor because it's in, in London. Right. Like, right. Is that,
1: that was stateside in a normal, you know, one o'clock type of window on the East coast there. I would, I, I, yes, but that London journey, you see guys typically not, you know, tend to struggle a little bit starting off there, except for running backs. They, they, the running backs tend to tend to do all right coming off of those games, but the uh, and
0: running games travel. Well, that's very
1: true. So that's, that's when of was, if Debo's ruled out, I think I've, I don't think I have an option, but to plug Ayuk in there and I'll, yeah. and well, I'll just said. roll that, roll that dice and watch. Uh, I'll have another guy go off for 80 points on my bench. Uh, so.
0: You know, <laughs> y- you deal with the information you have at hand, right? Exactly. And, you know, the, Monty being hurt Thursday night game, thinking maybe they kind of limit his usage to get that next 10 days and have him really right for mm-hmm. kind of a good long run. Uh, didn't quite work out that way. Campbell just unleashed Monty. But same thing, right? I mean, if Debo can't go, they got to throw somebody. Right. Right? The Niners and the Niners have been extremely efficient through the air. Right. We saw that Mm -hmm. with Debo's game against the Giants. Well, the Cardinals aren't much better, if at all. So just because the Cowboys couldn't capitalize on it, I expect the Niners to kind of look at that game film and go, OK, we're going to fix those mistakes that the Cowboys made and we're just going to dominate. Right. And we'll get to that matchup here
1: in a little bit. Of course, we're talking about the bet set, uh, bet set snap, uh, the weekly huddle that we do here on Friday nights. We're going to go through the entire slate of games, talking spreads, talking over unders, talking props, talking fantasy, all of that good stuff. Uh, let's go ahead and hit up a couple of these, uh, couple of these questions, comments in the uh, in the chat here. So, Mr Cod Reaper was saying that he had a trade alert for Hunter Henry, uh, for Montgomery and Christian Kirk. And then apparently the other person backed out because he has a rookie. And if he trades off his bench, he would have to do a lot more with the waivers. Um, this for COD Reaper, that's like the, the second one in a row that you said is that that you've sent us that the person offered you a trade and then backed out of it. Uh, let's let's start. We just need to start hitting the smash accept button on the on a few of those things. Mm-hmm. Um, keep y'all updated. Let's get to four and oh, absolutely. And um uh, So he's got Watson, Metcalf, Everett, also Judy and Jamal Williams. Williams on the IR by weeks coming up looking for some big time options and any thoughts that we might have. We're going to do a whole segment on the Tuesday show coming up after, you know, after week four here. So this coming Tuesday, we're going to do a whole segment where we're going to talk by high or buy low sell high type of candidates here after the uh the first four weeks so make sure you tune in on that one and let's get through this weekend and and we'll we're going to go through an entire deal where we talk buy buy low and sell high
0: yeah i got a i got a pretty sizable list of, yeah, of buy low candidates here that i think will hopefully help and i think some some sell highs that might surprise a couple folks but uh, could potentially return good value for you if if you're needing to make a move.
1: Right. Uh, righty, And then Terrence asking better flex, uh, flex, better flex. Pickens, Hall, A-Chain, full PPR, or Garrett Wilson?
0: You, you got to go Garrett Wilson.
1: Yeah, I think and so
0: I, too. Y- you just have to. Like, Hall – I still think Hall is going to be unleashed here, kind of the back half of the season, but the Jets offensive line is worse than we even imagined. Like that is a struggle. And, and clearly like they're a large reason to why Aaron Rodgers is not quarterbacking that team here at the moment. I think it's also a reason that Hall probably hasn't kind of broken out a little bit more. Um, A chain. Don't chase the points. Mostert will outscore a chain this week.
1: And there's a lot
0: of, I like pickings like, he probably has a safer floor than Garrett Wilson, but I do think Garrett Wilson has a higher ceiling still.
1: Right. Like Pickens is going to have one of those, like Pickens has has been really good at hitting that 50, uh, going over about 58 yards uh, in receiving per game. The last two or three games, I'd have to look that one up. I believe it's the last two, mm-hmm. but yeah, without long breakaway touchdowns on that one, like some of those fantasy points for, for Pickens is going to be hard to come by. And you're, you then have to rely on Kenny Pickett delivering a, a you know good ball yeah I, I would go with Wilson there as well uh, another you know point on a chain is uh you know not only will Raheem mostert outscore achan this this week but you'll probably also see Savannah Med back in the mix there and if you see Miami with a three-headed running back attack you're going to probably see each one of these running backs get anywhere from eight to 14 carries or 14 opportunities a game, and that's really tough to do it. So take the guy that's going to most likely get the bigger bigger volume uh, if you've got to go and play a Miami Dolphins running back, and that would be uh, Mostert. Start two running backs, Najee, uh, Khalil Herbert, uh, Kyron Williams, Jay Ford, Brees Hall, or A-Chan? Uh, Kyron, Kyron. Yep.
0: Sorry. I'm sorry, Kyron Williams and, and uh, Jerome Ford.
1: Yeah, Ford's a little bit of a tougher matchup there. But, again, Baltimore's defense has a whole lot of guys that are banged up at the moment. So that would be my two there as well. Najee, I just – well, if, seen it if
0: Deshaun in- can't go, they have no choice. Right. Like, they're not going to be able to throw the ball. As much as you would like to attack that Ravens defense through the air, I the way this team's set up and the way that offensive line is – We saw it last week against Tennessee, right? Jerome Ford still found the way to fall in the end zone. Like, he still had an RB1 finish against a really stout run defense, and the Browns just don't care. So there's volume and there's upside there just because of what they're going to do in the red zone. If they get in there, they're not going to put the ball in the hands of their quarterback. Um, If it's not Deshaun Watson, right, they're going to be really careful about DTR. Yes, maybe he scampers for one in that's like 25 yards out, but anything at the goal line, Stefanski's not going to mess around with that. Like he's going to call run plays and let the running back do his job. They're not going to, you know, try and throw four wide receivers out, go trips to one side, see if you can overload it and give a a lane for DTR. That's just not how this offense is designed. So they're not going to reinvent the wheel if Deshaun Watson can't go for one week.
1: Agreed. Um, yeah, as far as Khalil Herbert goes, like, I'm, I get it that he's facing Denver and Denver has two weeks in a row of giving up the number one running back on the week performance type of deal. But this is, uh, and I have a whole lot of thoughts about this Denver Chicago game that we'll get to on that one, but Man, you got to What are you What are you trust in more? The defenses to be very bad or inept? Offenses to stay inept? Like the ineptitude, I think, wins out more so than than not.
0: Yeah. The the clearest path to twelve points, right? And and just kind of your half point or full point PPR leagues. The clearest path to twelve points is Kyron, is yeah, Kyron Williams and Jerome Ford right now. Correct.
1: Yeah. If Najee can't get it done against Vegas, I'm having very big difficulty believing he's going to get it done anywhere else. So uh, yeah,
0: I'm I'm holding out hope.
1: Right. Start two wide receivers, Cooper, Dell, Garrett Wilson, Pickens, Addison. You got to start Amari Cooper, right? He's locked and loaded. Even if it's DTR, he'll still see the volume. He'll still see probably five, six receptions. I think he'll get get some yardage there.
0: You disagree, let me know. I I think I disagree there.
1: Okay.
0: I I think if it's if it's DTR I think I fade Cooper this week. Um but I would then I'd go Garrett Wilson and probably probably tank Dell. Just a hair over Pickens. Like just a hair and and I want to say Pickens but I'm I, I'm trying to take my Georgia fandom out of this because I do think Pickens is just a freaking all-pro waiting to happen but we haven't seen it yet so it's hard for me just to keep spouting that off so I think Garrett Wilson is your one shoe in and then tank Dell based off of the volume. It's an easier path to points than Pickens going for 70-plus yards on four receptions again.
1: Right, and so I, I would lean the, the Cooper and the Dell. So we're both on agreement on the Dell side of things. Um, I think Amari Cooper gets it done, even, even with DTR throwing the ball. I think that they've got to game plan him in there uh, just to keep – Um, keep it where Baltimore is not going to have nine guys in the box. Um, Anyway, but the, I I do agree on the Dell side of things. Dell is going up against Pittsburgh, right? Pittsburgh is allowing the sixth most fantasy points to opposing wide receivers. Whereas Pickens going up against Houston. And even though Houston has very banged up in the secondary, things like that, allowing the 22nd most points to it. So they're, Houston's actually been pretty good at not allowing opposing yeah. wide receivers to put up fantasy points to it. So on a matchup side of thing, Dell has the easier matchup. And I, uh, like you just said, I think he's going to see volume, and I think he'll be uh, very good there. So we yeah, had a couple he, of fo-
0: – Houston's not giving up the touchdowns, right? Like they're giving up some yards, but they're tightening down in the red zone. So you haven't seen too many receiving touchdowns down there. Teams have opted to run. Um, so I think that number is a little inflated. But nevertheless, um, it is something that you have to consider.
1: Right. Uh, Terrence saying he was thinking about dropping Herbert, meaning Khalil Herbert, removing Cup from IR spot and putting Kyler in there. Starters T-Law. Stroud is also on the waivers in a 12-person league. What I'll tell you is you're, you're just moving people to move people, whether Cup's in your IR spot or Kyler's in your IR spot. It doesn't really matter for the rest of this conversation.
0: No, because- and I'd tell you that the latest report is there's there's really no guarantee that Cup's coming back in week five. Now, I do think Cup comes back before Kyler. So, mm-hmm. if you're swapping those out, okay, fine. Like, I don't think that there's anything wrong with that. Khalil Herbert, yeah, if you have, I mean, we on this show, were not giant Khalil Herbert pundits to begin with, right? Now, to be completely fair, we thought, Dante Foreman was going to get a little bit more run here at the beginning of the season and he's been completely buried. So we were right, but we were wrong all in the same backfield. So we'll own our, we'll own our error, but we weren't big on Herbert to begin with. So, you know, if there's something else out there besides CJ Stroud, like then I think that makes sense. Like, you know, it depends on what your, what your waiver wire looks like and what you can do. Um, but, yeah, swapping cup for Kyler on the IR, I think that makes complete sense. You can do that right away and then, um, you know, comb the waiver wire. See, see what's out there, what you might be able to, you know, trade up essentially on the waiver wire by letting Herbert go because Roshan Johnson does seem to be getting more and more run there in Chicago. So it's only a matter of time.
1: Yeah, and, and again, another guy that we were right on—we we called the Roshan Johnson all the way back in May, uh, right after he got drafted, saying that you know by the end of the season this was going to be his backfield, and it looks like that's just happening on a much quicker timeline than we initially had said. Um, so I, I I do agree with you, right? That you know I I do think Cup comes back before Kyler on that one. So if you want to make the move, I I get that one. What I'm saying is. Yeah. What I'm also saying there is that you're just switching those two guys to switch those two guys for the purposes of what else you're doing. It doesn't matter at this point uh, because even if cup does come back and Kyler's still on the pup at that point, you can swap them out and away you go. Uh, Sean McVay has a very good track record of being pretty accurate when he's saying that they're looking to uh, have guys back by a certain time. Cooper cup being, you know, put into the practice window certainly lends some more credibility to the fact that McVay thinks that that cup will be back week five, week six type of thing. So I get, I get all of that. and um, I, I don't necessarily mind going CJ Stroud over the Trevor Lawrence at this point. Uh, CJ Stroud's looking better this early in the season um, to it. I mean, the, the stats are pretty, Pretty similar as far as completion percentage, things like that. But he's getting it. He's getting it done with a little bit more efficiency down the field. Uh, you know, bigger yardage. Um, hasn't had the turnovers that Lawrence has had there. Uh, his receivers are catching the ball you know, a little bit more so than some of the dropsies that we've seen out of Jacksonville. So I get it. But I, I think Kevin probably got the the better advice there when he's saying you know, you can trade up, um, dropping Herbert and moving into a potentially other running back in there, and he gave you some, some really good ideas there as well. Uh, Khalil Herbert's another guy I'm looking at probably dropping in the home league there and moving on from him. So, Ajizi, you think the Ravens' defense is a good play this week over um, Seattle, Tampa Bay, Denver? I couldn't pay me to start Denver's defense. And I get they're playing the Bears, but, like, no. No thank you on Denver. Hard pass.
0: Yeah, uh, I like. Uh, I really like the Ravens if Deshaun's not going right because it makes them a little bit more one-dimensional. Um, Seattle, I believe that game's on the road if I'm not mistaken, on Monday night. Now, nevertheless, yeah, it's in what. New York. So I don't mind the Seattle play. I think it's intriguing. Um, and then, but Tampa Bay's defense is not what it used to be. Same thing with Denver. Um, whatever Vance Joseph's doing there, like I need to see them turn it around before I buy anything. Denver's trying to sell to us here at the moment, so I do think the Ravens, the the Ravens are option one A in my opinion, um, and then Seattle would be option one B or two, depending on your belief of going on the road across the entire country to play a primetime football game. Yeah,
1: yeah, I think I'm right there with you. Yeah, I would agree with that. So, especially so, if Deshaun's out.
0: Yeah, I just, I, I like the fact that they'd be one dimensional. And even if he's not out, if his shoulder's banged up enough that maybe kind of limits some of his throwing or the route concepts that Cleveland is going to throw out there against Baltimore, uh, they still have a great offensive line. The Ravens are going to have to get there. But if Watson's dinged up a little bit, uh, maybe they're not trying to do as much to the air. And it's harder. It's harder to uh, break a defense down consistently on the ground than than it is through the air when you have at least a balanced passing attack unless you're Denver, and then you just get gashed. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Terrible.
0: Sorry. Terrible. Huh? Uh,
1: should he drop Hunt for Dotson? Pretty deep at wide receiver, though. I mean... I think what we've seen from Hunt is what we're going to continue seeing. So I, I don't know that I'm necessarily going to plug and play Hunt at any point. But if you're going to be just picking him up for Dotson, and, yeah, and you're really deep at wide receiver, is this a guy that you're picking up to just play keep away from somebody else or is it a guy that actually might see your starting roster? Like that's, that's where I'd balance that out there.
0: Yeah. I'm all for dropping Hunt. Like, yeah. I, I don't, I, I just, he's there as a in case of emergency break glass type play. Um, But I don't think you're going to see a whole lot of usage out of him. Like you might see four targets and four carries. Like, I I just don't think you're going to see a ton of volume. So if he has two catches, four carries, you know, total of 60 yards, it's only eight points. Right? Like, I mean – you can, Dotson's good for about eight points, right? Like yeah. you can, you can do that. It's about an even split. And honestly, I think Dotson has an easier path of getting there just right. because Washington's going to be trailing more. So Sam Howell's going to have to throw the ball.
1: Bingo. Terry, should I roll with Deshaun Watson versus Baltimore or drops the D Jets defense special teams for Gino, Daniel Jones, or Rush? Spears is also on waivers. If I decide to roll with Watson at QB, I, I think you've got to play that where you need to pick up the QB to have that, that pivot on that one, right? If if you get a Deshaun Watson 90 minutes before game time, unable to go, right? Like where are you going and you're scrambling and somebody else has picked up Gino or Sean, uh, Daniel Jones or Russ. Uh, by the way, I'm not playing Daniel Jones. I'm going to get go a Gino or Russ. And Spears, I get as a nice pickup. He out-snapped Derek Henry two weeks in a row here, but the game script has also led that to the point where Tennessee's trailing in a lot of these games, and it's a pass-heavy type of deal. And you know, A.J. Spears is a better pass than Derrick Henry is. He is,
0: but he really hasn't done squat with his opportunities. Like, yes, he's out snapped him. Yes, like you know, the touches are are slightly in Spears' favor, even. But he hasn't done anything with these opportunities, right? He hasn't fallen in the end zone. He hasn't been able to shake loose and and break one off, like it's really painful on how he's getting to these points. So I I completely agree. For this week, for this week, I think you have to. Like, as much as it sucks, and yes, the Jets are a good defense, especially with Denver coming up and some of these matchups, like you hate to kind of drop that. But with not knowing about Deshaun, I'm not starting him anyway. Like, if I have one of those options sitting out there. I would lean Geno, but whether we like it or not, Daniel Jones does have a higher ceiling because of him because of the way he uses his legs.
1: So here's an interesting one for you: if you've got Desmond Ritter, a you know super flex deal, if you've got Desmond Ritter as your other quarterback, are you pivoting to Desmond Ritter? You are you rolling with Deshaun
0: Watson? I think at that point you have to roll with Deshaun because. Atlanta's inability to use the forward pass as part of their offensive philosophy is quite stinking painful. And I hate playing quarterbacks who play in London. Like I I just despise it. Like you, you just kind of have to turn the game off. And then at the end you kind of peek through the box score to see if your guy did just enough. But I, I think I'm still rolling Deshaun over Ritter in that instance.
1: Fair enough. All right, so Terrence asking, if I drop Herbert for Shroud, would you start him over Lawrence this week? I personally would start Shroud over Lawrence. A lot of what you just said, not a big fan of the uh, quarterbacks when they travel overseas to play in the London game. Plus, we've got two weeks in a row where we've seen C.J. Stroud come out looking good. He's put up two-plus weeks um, of over 20 points for fantasy for you, and Trevor Lawrence has struggled uh, throughout that. So I would. Um, do, that. do
0: you lose points for sacks taken? Because I think I, I do think Pittsburgh will be able to get to Stroud. Like, Right. This is. So if you lose points for sacks taken, you need to take whatever that projection is and subtract at least four points. Fair enough. Like, so that, that's how I would kind of balance that out. Um, right. And go. Now, Stroud has been extremely efficient. He has by far been – I shouldn't say by far because we've only seen a game and a half out of Anthony Richardson, and and he has looked decent. So, Stroud has definitely been a very good rookie quarterback, though. Um, and Pittsburgh just gave it up to Devontae Adams. Like, if Stroud can find those matchups and, and be able to sit in the pocket just long enough – those things are opening up and whether it's Dell or Nico Collins or um, you know, maybe, maybe Mechie gets, gets behind one this week and is able to able to kind of break one loose. Like there's a possibility and there's a path for Stroud to get to, you know, 20, 22 points this week. Um, So I'm not opposed to that, but if I'm losing points for sacks, then yes, then yes. So if you're yeah, if you're not losing that, yeah, I'll go ahead and play Stroud over Warts. I think you'll be happier.
1: Right, and this is this is one of those two that's right. Like CJ Stroud has looked incredibly good from clean pockets, and when he gets a clean pocket, does incredibly well. This is probably going to be the dirtiest pocket game that he he has to play all season long. Like to your point, Pittsburgh will get will get pressure on him on that one. And that's where we've seen him make mistakes is, uh is when he gets flustered and when he, when that pocket's pretty dirty.
0: Yeah. So, so it, we're going to see, we're going to see how willing he is to run this week. Right. Because yes. the way Pittsburgh set up, that's going to, both those are going to come crashing down through the end. So not only is he going to have to step up in the pocket, but a lot of times it's stepping up and then shifting left or right. And if he has the, five, seven, 15 yards. Like, is he able to take a couple of those to slow down that pass rush just a second and make them think, Hey, are we, are we minding our gaps? If you will, and not letting him break loose because Pittsburgh also hasn't really had to deal with that yet this year. So Stroud's able to use his legs. I think that helps even more, but I do. I, I do like it with not losing a point for a sack. Yeah, I think Stroud's, Stroud's the this much safer play this week.
1: I like it. Terrence saying he's starting uh Jerome Ford in the Ravens mm-hmm. defense this week. It's a good uh good move there. Terry asking if Debo f- if Debo sits, should he pivot to Cooper or Puka? Uh second league, if Watson is limited, should they pivot from Puka or from Cooper to Puka full PPR? Um Yes. Prob- yeah, I'm probably Puka, going Puka. I'm going Puka both, both
0: accounts. And really on the second one, even with Watson, the reports were getting a really weird out of Cleveland on this one. Yes, they are. Right. Like he basically threw once in practice and then called the trainers Mm -hmm. over, but they can record it as a limited practice because he did throw the ball. Like it's been, it's really weird. Like there's not a whole lot of information coming out of what's going on, but what we have gathered is it's kind of funky. Um, so I think for the week, I think for the week you, you just make that play. Like the Colts defense is forgiving enough against wide receivers that you could start Puka arguably on its own merit. And now Mm -hmm. that Watson is limited and having that question, I think you just go ahead and make that jump. And for one week you, you roll with that and live with it.
1: Yeah, I would agree with that. And not only that, like not only the reports are weird when reporters and, and these guys were talking to Deshaun and, and DTR after practice, things like that, like the messaging they were given was even highly cryptic on that one as well. Right. Like, yeah, I think one of them was asking, you know, Deshaun, is he good to go? He's like, yep, I, I can, I can go. I'm, I'm, I'm ready to go. And one of them, you know, asked like, you know, DTR. Yeah. How do you feel about Sunday? He's like, I'm ready to go. And so it's like kind of one of those that they're, they're both kind of, both kind of hinting there.
0: It's this good, coach. To, speak right? right. Like Stefanski's telling them the right thing. Both of you. Both of you. You're going to get asked the question. Both of you say you're ready to go. Yep. We'll deal with this internally. So uh, the gamesmanship is there. It makes it harder for us to decipher. But it, when you have a good option like Puka Nakua and what he's been able to do, throw throw it out there. Like go ahead and use your option. Right. That's why we build depth to eliminate risk where we don't need to starting amari cooper regardless of deshaun watson health because of how late in the week this injury or limited practice came up you you start puka and you just live with it and and know that you made this the safe decision
1: i like it uh rolling loud highlights said he traded hollywood for javante williams how do I do i like the trade
0: like i the trade. like the trade too both have been kind of underwhelming so far this year but I, I really don't want any part of this Arizona offense, maybe outside of James Conner. Um, Hollywood was a guy we were down on to start the season yep. through three weeks. It, it's kind of holding up, right? Dobbs is doing just enough to keep them in games. They're a feisty group. Uh, their defense is playing better overall. than what I think a lot of people give them credit for walking onto the field. Um, right. And that's in large part how they stole – I shouldn't even stay stole. They they straight won that game from Dallas. I shouldn't take that away from Arizona. They straight won that game against Dallas last week. So I'm okay with it. Like, I think the best is yet to come from Javante as as he continues to get healthy. There, there's going to be some breakthrough there at some point. And running back depth is never a bad thing.
1: Correct. Uh, Rowling also said Gino should be starting in front of Watson. I would agree. Terry said, excuse me, Terry saying that secondly, add uh, Keaton Mitchell now in in all of your leagues. If you've uh, got playing deep leagues, you can, you can roll that for the, for everybody else rolling, you know, four or five bench slots. No, I I wouldn't do that, Terry, but I get where you're going.
0: Yeah. It's, you want to be in front of it to kind of try it out. I, I, I don't know. Harbaugh does not typically play well with rookies and, We'll see, right? Like injuries are a real thing. You have the turf toe deal with uh, Justice Hill, and he really hasn't sniffed the field at all in his career until this season after uh, Dobbins went down. Gus Bus is serviceable, but then he gets nicked up. So I understand why you keep that there. So, yeah, if you're hurting for running back uh, depth, then absolutely. Like that's a move that you really need to think about making. Um but it is not a move I am making to essentially play defense to the rest of my league. I am not that worried about this.
1: Right. And it's one of those two that we've seen this Ravens, we've seen similar things play out in the Ravens recent past where we had both Dobbins and Gus bus go down season ending before the season starts. And it became a carousel at running back. Right. right. And, and Melvin Gordon's
0: up. still there too. Right. So right. yes, Keaton Mitchell looks good, but, that's why you brought Melvin Gordon in to be that veteran presence. So it's still a timeshare at best case. It's still a timeshare. But like I said, if you're hurting at running back, yeah, it's worth a stab. Like you have the roster spot to burn and you need running back. You got to start taking some chances on these guys and see what happens.
1: I like it. Terrence, um, I don't know what that was, but uh, Terrence saying that uh, DJ Chark also on the waivers, if not picking up a player for Herbert, should I stream a defense over the Ravens this week to keep from dropping the Ravens? Yeah, I'm not going with, with Chark on this one. If Andy Dalton was still throwing the uh, throwing the ball down there, but it looks like he's going to be able to go again. Uh, uh, I, I'm just not a believer in DJ Chark at that point. I believe that uh, uh, that Andy Dalton will put up 300 yards. I think Bryce Young's going to struggle to get to 200.
0: I think in some cases, right? I, I think that. All right, sorry. I'd go I, hell. I mean, if you need the help at receiver, I'd take a stab on Chark over Herbert. Right. He's he's their big play guy, right? Feeling feeling the savvy veteran who finds a way to get open, but his deep route days are kind of done. He's a volume, still a solid, but he's, he's a volume play. Mingo's been seeing a bunch of targets, but his A dots, not overly exciting. Um, You know, DJ Chark seems to be getting healthier. We kind of saw some stuff out of him with Dalton being quarterback. So maybe it's something they're able to apply for Bryce young and, and see if we can help get Bryce young kind of, Sped up a little bit on this development path he's on,
1: yeah. But uh, yeah, it really would depend too on what uh, what are the defenses you have out there, especially if Deshaun doesn't go. I, I think the Ravens could be a top five defense this week, so yeah, they're gonna make it hard, right? Um, Chuba Hubbard, uh, is Chuba Hubbard to play with Miles Sanders being out Sunday? hasn't officially been ruled out but it's certainly kind of looking that way and trending that way with him missing practice today um that that groin injury kind of popping up late in the week uh but even that being the case i don't know that i'm looking to to go with chuba Hubbard um at all like if, if i'm forced to play him because of running back depth on my roster okay but uh, i i'm not looking to, to actively go out and try and start chuba Hubbard
0: Especially in a flex, right? Like right. if this is an op like if he is your option to be like your second running back because you don't have the other options, it's a play. It absolutely is a play. And you know, some points are better than no points. And if Sanders is gone, you at least have the volume to kind of lean back on for, for Chuba. Um, if it's something that you're looking into your flex spot for, I think I'd look at different directions. Right.
1: As you say Mitchell's a stash if you have IR. Right. And yep, uh, Terrence saying he dropped Herbert for Stroud, starting Stroud over Lawrence. I would certainly do that without the uh, sack issue or sack losing sacks. Terry saying, okay, so pivot from Watson to Gino Jones or Stroud. Wasn't sure which one you guys said. It's Gino for me. Um, Stroud would be another option there, but that that pocket is is gonna be like this. We're gonna see Stroud tested pretty good this week when it comes to some of the uh, the pass rush.
0: Yeah, I'd go with Gino. I, I'd go with Gino as well in this instance. Um, like I said, safer floor. If you get into Monday night and you're trailing and and you need a lot of points made up, I do think Daniel Jones has the higher upside because of his legs. Right, so Gino would be my first. Um, and play one play off of one of those two Monday night quarterbacks. And if you need a big Monday night performance, I think you do have to pivot to Daniel Jones and hope that he's able to put together 230 through the air and another, you know, 70 through the ground and and find a way to get three touchdowns. Like it's, it's ugly if, you know, and honestly, if Barkley goes, that actually helps Jones. So even, even more so, if Barkley goes, it does help Daniel Jones. It does not take away from his running ability. It helps spread the field out a little bit for him.
1: Agreed. Uh, Tino saying, what's up guys is Raheem Mostert uh must start now. I think in most
0: formats he is right. Yeah. Like I think he's a really solid flex play. Like, cause you, you know, you drafted him in what the last s-
1: round in most cases in
0: some, right. As we got closer to the season, maybe he kind of creeped up a little bit after Wilson went on IR. So maybe you're getting him in the ninth, 10th round, something like that instead of, you know, the, 12th or 13th, but I think he's a really solid flex play. And, and I think that he, like I said, I think he's going to lead the backfield in points this week against the bills. So I'm all for it. I am playing him in a lot of places just because of injuries, man. It just, you know, whether it was Nick Chubb or Barkley or Eckler, I had, I have decent amount of all three of them across multiple leagues um so I've been starting Raheem to kind of fill those gaps right because I don't like my flex options we get in some of our weird dynasty leagues that Derek and I are in and you know it's two running backs three receivers a tight end and then two or three flex spots it's just they're really deep starting rosters and then we yeah we have to play them but you know standard leagues it's all matchup. It's all matchup dependent, right? It's who else you have. Like I'm not starting Raheem Mostert over Brandon Ayuk, but you know, if, if I'm down Saquon or if I'm down Eckler and I don't trust Joshua Kelly, we haven't, we have been, we have hammered that home on this show. We have gotten some flack from people who feel like they're reading into numbers that aren't there, which is always interesting, but nevertheless. So yes, Yes, essentially. Like, you have to have a really solid option to not play Raheem Moster right now because of the upside. He's done a great job with this Miami offense this year. Yeah,
1: and I get that hes he just put up a monster week there, but even without that monster week, he still was having some pretty darn good games there. Um, so when you look at, like, a half-point PPR scoring, right, like week one he was running back 17 in half-point. Oh, I'm looking at a different format there. So, in yeah, still 17. Week one playing the Chargers, running back seventeen on the week. That's a that's a starting running back for you. Week two against New England, he was the running back three on the week. Definitely a starter. And then we all saw what he did with Denver uh, in week three, where he still was running back two on the week. So this is a guy that he's a he's a starter in your lineup until you get something you know crazy, or we see somebody else emerge, or an injury happens um, to that. So yeah, it, it, yeah, he's a must start for me.
0: Yeah, you're 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 playing him over Najee Harris, right? Absolutely. A like, strong case could be made that you know, you're going to play him over Derrick Henry. Yep. Until you see that the Titans can kind of right the ship there and figure out how to use use Henry appropriately, right? You're playing him over Alexander Madison because now that Cam Akers is there and what that does. So I'm playing him you,
1: over Pacheco, another guy that was yeah. a big name down yeah. there in the offseason.
0: Nope, absolutely. So Jameer
1: Gibbs, absolutely.
0: Yeah. So there, there's a lot of lesser options. So, yeah, go, go ahead and start most of your confidence. Absolutely.
1: Terrence, better start this week in long term. Uh, so this week and rest of the season question, Hen- Hunter Henry, Jake Ferguson, Tyler Higby. Uh, this week, I think I like Higby the best of those three long term. Uh, I'm probably leaning the Hunter Henry route.
0: As long as Matt Stafford stays healthy, I'm going to take Higby on both sides. Okay. Hunter Henry did have a great start. Um, you know, there's only so much that teams are going to allow Hunter Henry to do after a couple of really good weeks, right? The film catches up to the Patriots, and yes, they have an offensive coordinator, and it's not you know Bill Belichick and. Um, Bill O'Brien. Matt, Matt Patricia calling plays. Bill O'Brien does a better job, right, than those two right. guys do calling plays. But I think i trust Stafford to at least see some consistent volume out of Higby, right? He'll see five, six targets a game. You know, Hunter Henry last week, right? I, I thought he'd smash last week, and he didn't do squat, right? So we might have seen the best of him, and eh, maybe not the best, but the peak right there when he hit that tight end two and we all kind of rushed out to grab him because we need, you know, we're so tight end starved. But I think Higby's probably, in my opinion, the best call.
1: Yeah, and I could see that too because even even if Cup comes back, that actually probably helps Higby rest of season there as well, um, giving a few more options there, which allows Higby to to really be kind of that that third option and be wide open over the middle.
0: It makes Yeah, if Cup can come back healthy, this offense becomes like –
1: dynamic from overlooked
0: to dynamic right cup and Nakua and what Tutu Atwell has been able to do and and Kyron Williams is just effective right he's not always efficient but he's effective and and it's getting us the points it's getting us what we need
1: uh, Flappo over on Twitch saying having a running back issue need to, two to start out of the list of Miles Sanders, Brees Hall, Cam Akers, Khalil Herbert, Joshua Kelly fell victim to the Nick Chubb injury and had to pick up leftovers this week. I,
0: man, I think this week you have to go with Brees and
1: is so it Brees and Cam? Is that is that what we're saying? No,
0: here? I'm not trusting Cam until I see him in that offense. That's fair. I, oh my God, I think it's Clue Herbert because of how bad the Broncos have been, and you're just hoping he falls into the end zone.
1: Right. I think it, I think
0: it's Brees and Herbert. Like as much as we've as much as we've spent the first part of our show kind of bashing on Clue Herbert. <laughs> yes. I like Joshua Kelly even less, right. and the way that Kellen Moore calls games. It, down the field right there using Justin Herbert's arm and his arm talent and they're pushing it down the field. Yes. I know Mike Williams is gone, but Keenan Allen has been on a stinking tear. That's why he's wide receiver one thus far in the season. I don't see that changing. Um, so yeah, I think it's Brees and Brees and Herbert is, is where you're going with, with miles being questionable. If miles goes, I'm not going to fault you for pivoting from Herbert to Miles Sanders. But I think Brees Hall is the absolute must start of this group right now.
1: There we go. Uh, Jay Berg, you think a change usage will go way down when Jeff Jr. comes back? I don't think it'll go way down. I think that we're going to see a three-headed running back by committee with each guy getting 10 to 14 opportunities a game. And they're going to ride the hot hand. The guy that's that's looking better and running better that day gets closer to the 14 and the other two are closer to the eight.
0: I agree with that for the most part, right? Like, Mostert definitely has not done anything to lose his starting role. Um, Yes, Devon A-Chain was dynamic against the Broncos, so they're going to continue to find ways to get the ball into his hands. I I almost wonder if it stays as a two-headed guy. And Wilson, you know, goes from, you know, maybe he was, maybe he wasn't the starter heading into the season to, you know, he might only start out only getting, you know, Two, three, four touches for the first couple of weeks. He's back, so I don't think A change usage goes down. If anything, they brought him in for a reason, and with how dynamic he was in his um, debut against Denver, I, I think I think they're going to try and find ways to get him the ball a little bit more, take some pressure off of Tua.
1: Right, and the fact that they you know, haven't really come out and said what the injury was to Jeff Wilson Jr. and the fact that yeah, you know, there isn't really really uh, you know. It, we're kind of getting to that point where he could start coming off of IR, and there hasn't been a you know very many strong drum beating down there talking about that one. I, we may not see Jeff Wilson come back for a while too. So, um, Terrence said he's rostering Hunter Henry back to that Jake Ferguson Hunter Henry Higby question. So, um, this uh, makes COD great again. Um, is saying. Please rank Burrow, Richardson, Cousins, rest of season in an 18 league. Cousins is your one, um, at least at this point. Yeah, I'm going to take Cousins, who's on pace for 6,000 yards passing and 50 touchdowns, and then probably Burrow, then Richardson. I think that calf issue and all of that starts to take care of itself, and we see Burrow take uh, take that step forward.
0: Yeah, I'd agree. I'd agree. Cousins, Burrow, Richardson – it just eat. This is where in fantasy, we can't overthink things, right? Like yeah. yes. Preseason. We thought Joe burrow for a while. There was kind of the consensus fourth quarterback off the board. Then the calf injury fell to fifth, sixth, seventh quarterback off the board, kind of depending on what format you're in. Yes. It has not been as great for Cincinnati as we wanted it to be to start the season, but they did start relatively slow last year too. And, and they turned it on. So, um, There's no reason to think that they won't. And yes, Anthony Richardson is super dynamic and he's fun to root for. Um, But with already having a concussion under his belt, does that make him feel like he needs to run less and, you know, take away some of that upside that he provides. So I think he's kind of third for me as well.
1: All right. Alrighty. We're going to start getting into the, uh, the slate of games here.
0: That was a good round, Guys, Uh, that was was awesome. Like, that's a great round of questions. Thank you so much. Like, Love it. We appreciate all the all the questions and, and the commentary so much. So it, I, anytime we can start a show with 45 minutes straight of mm-hmm. answering questions, I, I'm all for it. So keep it up, guys. We appreciate it.
1: Absolutely. And to piggyback off of that, if you have questions, don't stop putting them in the comments here. We'll, uh, we'll hit those things up. We're going to go through the slate of games. And if you have questions, comments, anything like that, throw them in there we'll uh, we'll hit them up in between our in between their games here and get those things rocking and rolling. We're going to start off here with the London game. Both Atlanta and the Jacksonville Jaguars heading to London to play here in week 4. Um Jacksonville favored by 3, the over under on this one 43 and a half. Thoughts on this one?
0: I'm taking Atlanta and I'm taking the under. Like I just typically these games start out slow um Atlanta has they've been gritty right the comeback win against the Packers you know they're for as much as we complain about how this offense plays out to fantasy it's working well for them right now right that's why they're two and one um and and I think this trend continues because your run game and your defense does travel so um I'm taking the under low scoring affair here as we see in a lot of these London games. Um, but I'm going to take Atlanta to cover that three points. I think they, honestly, I, I have no problem betting the money line on Atlanta to just win this one outright.
1: Yeah, this one's going to be a close game. Uh, I Honestly, I do think that we're going to see about a, a two point differential when this thing's all done. So I'm going to take Atlanta as well. Uh, not only do defense travel run travel, the, the Atlanta, offensive approach there kind of travels there as well, simply from the standpoint that they want to run the ball 50 times a game and they got no problem uh, seemingly to try and do that. So we're going to see that that kind of just low, grimy type of game um, with Atlanta having a very large time of possession to this thing is how I'm seeing it. So I'm also taking the under. One of the props that I really like, and I thought this one was really low when I looked at it, but Travis Etienne going over two and a half receptions.
0: I like that. I like that one. I'm gonna take Drake London. Uh, no, nope, I'm not doing that. I am gonna go back. I'm gonna take Bijan Robinson over 64 and a half rushing yards.
1: I like it, and uh, I'm hoping that that one comes true for my fantasy roster. Alrighty. Uh, real quick, we're gonna hit up this question, and then we're gonna hit up the uh, the start of the morning games. There, should I buy low? on, say, Brees Hall, James Cook, Javante, or B-Rob. If you can get James Cook on a buy low, I would do it. Um, Javante wouldn't mind that. Brees Hall wouldn't mind that. Brian Robinson, I think you're going to see him start falling back to, you know, mid to back end RB2.
0: Yeah, I think Brees and Cook have the best rest of season
1: Mm -hmm. output. Yep. I think James Cook has got the best of all three of those, or all four of those guys, myself, but righty, let's go ahead and head on into heading to Buffalo. Miami Dolphins coming to town, taking on the Buffalo Bills. Buffalo is favored by two and a half. The over/under on this one is fifty-four.
0: I'm going to take the I'm going to take the Dolphins here to cover the two and a half. Uh, I just I like what they've been putting together. Um, they've been efficient. They get Jalen Waddle back. The running game's working for them. It's setting up the pass. They're not asking Tua to do too much, right? He doesn't have to play outside of himself. It just, you know, see ball, throw ball, find the open receiver, right? They're not asking him to make plays. They're just asking him to hit the open guy. Um, Miami's defense is playing, you know, just well enough, and, and it's working for him here. So this is a big game for, you know, kind of the, the, the early dominance in the NFC East, but I think Miami's up to the task here.
1: Agreed. I think that we're going to see the – the Dolphins come out. I wouldn't – I could easily foresee them winning this game outright um, on this one, certainly keeping it within the two-and-a-half on this one. I do like the under on this one here. I do think that we see – you know, we don't see the fireworks that we saw down in Miami last week um, out of this. Uh, I think we see both of these teams play just enough defense to keep this thing on the under. Uh, not going to surprise me when we look up and we see this one be a – 27-24 type of matchup, something to that extent. And we see that coming just under, as far as a prop that I really liked on this one, was Jalen Waddell to go over his 59 and a half receiving yards.
0: Very good. I'm going to take James Cook to go over 18 and a half receiving yards.
1: I like it. I missed uh real quick, did you say the over the under?
0: Uh Under. I, I very much agree with you. I'm thinking... Yeah, 27-24. All
1: right. I like it. Here we go. We're heading over to –
0: twenty-three, Something like that. I mean, but yeah, all right there.
1: I like it. All right. We're heading over to Chicago. The Denver Broncos taking on the Chicago Bears. Denver is favored by three and a half. The over-under on this one, 46. Thoughts on this one?
0: Vegas must know something we don't. Like, I, I just – I'll see this. I'm taking the Bears. I'm taking the Bears. I'm going to take the – Mm. I'm going to take the under because I just feel like both offenses are just inept enough that they're not going to be able to get to 46. Um, Ugly game. Like this is a game that unless you're a diehard fan of one of these teams, like there is zero reason to watch this game. Just check the box score.
1: Exactly. Um, yeah, and this was one of those I looked in, and I'm like, did Vegas seriously just not see the Broncos defense just let let Miami Dolphins players into the end zone all game long? Uh, they must not have to think that, they, that they're that they putting a, a, the Broncos as the road favorite on this one. And not only that, when it comes to the over-under on that one, typically when you see probably the two worst teams in the league square off, you usually see the over-under – in like 36 37 points and um, th- they must also believe that these defenses are so bad that uh, we're gonna still see you know points in this one but I'm gonna I'm gonna take Chicago I'm gonna take the under on this thing uh, one of the props that I liked though was uh, Javante Williams to go over 12 and a half receiving yards
0: mmm I like that one. Uh, I'm gonna take Russell Wilson to go over 242 and a half. He's been finding that deep ball just enough, right? Like he's he's they're able to hit on those couple big plays, one or two a game when they're taking those shots. And I think he finds Mims again. Like that's been kind of his go-to guy on these deep shots to help get chunk yardage. I think it works again. So over 242.5.
1: Go Marvin Mims. All right, plug my uh, plug my Sooners there. All right, liked it. Um, the broski 22. What are your thoughts on Kyron Williams? Uh, he's a must start for your fantasy roster. Um, I, I I guess I don't, I'm not real sure what you're looking for there. I think he's a sell high
0: target. Like he's, uh, you know, they're a little peek behind the curtain. He's, he's one of the guys I'm going to put, he's on my sell high list. Um, for now you're playing him, uh, because of how they, now McVay runs his offense. Kyron Williams is going to see a ton of opportunities. Um, but as Cooper cup gets closer to health, I do think that we're going to see when the run game is stalled out a little bit, they're not going to force it anymore. Like they will just let cup go do Cooper cup type things.
1: Yeah. They watch, they move Cooper cup into the Debo Samuel role.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's a recipe for injury.
1: Yes, very much so. But, uh, all right. Yeah, the, I mean, the broski, it's, it's one of those that you're going to play him if you got him. I, I like Kevin's thought there so sell high on that one. I I don't see him being able to continue this pace season long when it's all said and done. So we'll see him probably fade back towards running back, you know, back-end RB2 before the season's done would be kind of my thought there. All right. uh, Heading on over, Baltimore. Going to Cleveland. So the Ravens facing off against the Browns. Of, Browns are favored by three. The over under on this one is 40 and a half.
0: I love that we lock this in at three. I'm taking Baltimore all day. Yep. So agreed. Um, I'm going to take the under. Cleveland's defense is good, right? Like, I mean, There's no sense in sliding them just because of it. So I'm going to take the under. This is going to be a low scoring, hard hitting NFC North type game. Um, But I do think Baltimore covers.
1: I'm with you on the Baltimore. And if one of those, if Deshaun was playing, I I think we'd easily see this line go over where we see both of these teams put up right around 20 points. But I'm still going to take the over on this one. I think that – we're going to see this thing get there 20 call it a 24, 21 type of matchup. I think is probably where we see this one get to uh, one of the props that I really liked, um, And I, I hinted at this one earlier, but I do think that Amari Cooper uh, gets fed enough on this one to still be fantasy relevant. And one of the props that I really liked out there was Amari Cooper to go over four and a half receiving yards or four and a half receptions in this game.
0: And a half receptions. Okay. Um, I'm going to take Zay Flowers under 51.5 receiving yards.
1: What was the number?
0: 51.5.
1: Yeah, I could see that one coming to fruition there for you. Alrighty, And then Ajizi asking the question, uh, I'm 3-0 and nearly punted. Running backs this year have been rolling out Gibbs and Monty every week. You think that's sustainable?
0: Monty, yes. I mean, Gibbs is finding ways to get there. Again, It's he's not efficient necessarily with how they're using him, but it is effective. Like, it's sustainable, yes. But, you know, if there's an opportunity on the waiver wire, don't pass it by.
1: Right. Uh, it's one of those that, it's going to be as sustainable as if you were running, you know, like the Niners, you had Brandon Ayuk and Debo Samuel every week type of thing, or you were running any other type of pairing like that, where if they have a really, really good game, you're going to be, you know, you're, you're going to finish well enough to, to win those games. But the problem that's, that's going to creep up is eventually you're going to have a game where, where, you know, they just aren't able to grind it out they just aren't able to get there and because you have two guys from the same backfield on that one, you're going to uh, you know get shut out in the, the running back department and, and not put up you know put up the points that you need to be able to to really win and uh, you really make a deep run into the playoffs there so that's that's kind of how I'm seeing that one now. Uh, Monty, I think gives you enough floor on that one that you can get there and gives gives you some upside. But I think Kevin's absolutely right. Like if you've got a shot on the waiver wire or shot at a trade type of thing to to mitigate some of your risk, that would be a move that I would make. righty. heading over to Tennessee. The Cincinnati Bengals coming to town to take on the Titans. Cincy favored by two. The over under forty one in this one.
0: I'm gonna take Cincy and the over in this one i think they uh i think they righted their ship here a little bit on monday night against the rams they they kind of realize what they need to do and tennessee is not strong against the pass it'll let burrow sit back there so jamar chase and t higgins both eat this week
1: i like it um I'm going to take Cincy, but I'm going to take the under on this. While Tennessee hasn't been good against the pass, they are pretty stout against the run here, and they do get just enough pressure on the quarterbacks there that, you know, I think we could see Joe Burrow get a, uh, you know, not be able to necessarily work from a clean pocket at that one and, and force him to get the those balls coming out a little bit faster than he necessarily wants to. I'm actually taking Joe Burrow to go under his passing prop of 266 and a half passing yards.
0: Okay. Um I am going to take wow, my vision just went to hell in a handbasket. Um I'm gonna say Derrick Henry under one and a half receptions.
1: Yeah, I like that one. I almost went that way myself on on that one. I liked it so much. All righty, hitting up Los Angeles Rams heading over to the Indianapolis Colts. Colts are favored by a point in this one the over under 47 thoughts on this one
0: I'm gonna take the Rams in this one Richardson's back it does change the flow of the offense a little bit um but I think this game is as close as the score says right like I I think this could absolutely be a push, right? 24, 23, something, you know, something of that nature. Um, I just see the Rams on the winning side of this one. So, um, I like that game line a lot. Um, I'm going to say the under. Yeah, I'm going to say the under, but a push does not surprise me at 47.
1: Yeah, this was one of those I went back and forth, back and forth pretty good on. I do think that the Rams are going to walk away victorious on this one. So I, I went that route, especially if they're getting a point um, to do so. As far as the points, as far as the total went, I, I, I'm kind of right there with you. I think we could very well see a um, see a push type of total on this. But I'm going to take the over. I think that we see just enough points scored in this one that we, uh, we get that one to come home on that one as far as one of the props I really liked was Tutu Atwell to go over 49 and a half receiving yards.
0: Hmm. Very good. Um, I am going to take, I'm going to take Matt Stafford under five and a half rushing yards. I like it. You don't see him run
1: often, but when he does, he gets all of two yards, <laughs>
0: right? I mean, and those are tough, right? It's just kind of how that works out, but that's all right, absolutely. Don't think he's gonna go very far,
1: yeah. That's fair. All righty, let's hit up the next matchup. We got the Tampa Bay Buccaneers heading over to the New Orleans Saints, New Orleans favored by three, the over under 40 and a half on this one. Thoughts.
0: This whole uh, Jameis Winston thing has me intrigued a little bit. Um, I'm taking the home team on this one. Uh, I'm going to take the Saints at home. I think it'll be um, a little bit of a bounce-back game for them after they probably should have won that game, right, the missed field goal away from from beating Green Bay there. Um, So uh, I'm going to take the Saints because they're the home team.
1: I'm still bitter about that. Three and a half.
0: That hook scares me though.
1: It's just straight three.
0: Oh, sorry, it moved. It has moved. Okay. I'm glad you got it at three. It has since moved. Now there's a hook, and I don't like it. So I'll take the three because it gives me the push. There you go. Um, and then um, I'm gonna take the over in this game though. Like I, I think I think we find a way to get to 41 points here. Yeah, I I'm.
1: I'm going to take new Orleans on this one. I think this one ultimately is that push type of deal at three, but I'm going to go with the under on this thing. I think that we do get kind of a grinded out grimy type of game. Uh, Marcus, uh, you know, Lattimore does a great job against Mike Evans, kind of shutting him down. That has been where Baker's been going down the field and really kind of moving some of the offense on this thing. Is Lattimore going to play? Uh, From last I saw, he's, it looks like he's set to go. Um, that could change, right? we still got a couple of days there. But if he goes, right, Mike Evans, he, I think we see him get shut down. I see, I think that kind of grinds Tampa Bay's uh, offense to a halt there. And you have two, two teams that kind of pride themselves defensively, show up to play here. And I think that we see this thing just not going to surprise me when we look up and we see this be a 14-17 type of matchup. And we see a the lowest scoring game of the week right here. Uh, as far as a prop that I really like, though, we got Jameis throwing the ball. And if nothing else, I know he'll try and push it down the field. So I'm taking Olave to go over 72 and a half receiving yards.
0: Fair enough. I'm taking Alvin Kamara under 53 and a half rushing yards.
1: All righty. I like it. Let's go ahead and move over to our next matchup here. We got the Washington commanders heading over to Philadelphia to take on the Eagles. Eagles favored by eight over under 43 and a half.
0: Uh, I'm taking the commanders to cover. Eagles on the money line, commanders to cover. Um, I'm going to take, I'm going to take the over here. I, I think that, We'll see some points here. This Eagles defense is not quite as good as what they have been. Uh, The commanders keep finding ways to put points up on the board, but they're going to have a hard time setting up the run here. Um, So it's going to be on Sam Howell a little bit, but I think he's able to at least get get a couple across the goal line here and scoot us up the board.
1: Very good. I do think that Philadelphia finds a way to both win and cover this. The eight points concerning me just a little bit, you know, even though this is a bit of a divisional, you know, this is a divisional matchup here. I still think Philadelphia finds a way to get it done. The Manders just looked atrocious last week, and I don't know that we're going to see um, you know, that change, right? Like Philadelphia hasn't looked great compared uh, comparative to last season, but they've looked good enough, and they're kind of com- uh, improving week over week. So I think if we find a way for the. Ah, uh, Philly to hit the to cover the points. I do like the over on this one. Not going to surprise me if we look up and we see Philadelphia put up thirty to thirty-five by themselves on this one. Uh, so I do like the over. And one of the props that I really like was DeAndre Swift to go over seven and a half receiving yards.
0: Very good. Um, I'm going to take Logan Thomas over twenty and a half receiving yards. I think with him coming back from the concussion, a little relief valve for Sam Howell. I think there's there's a path there to get the yardage.
1: Very good. Set on over to Carolina, where the Minnesota Vikings are heading to heading over to take care of the Carolina Panthers. Um, hook or the the spread on this one is four over under forty five and a half. Thoughts on this game?
0: Golly, I want to take Minnesota to finally figure this out, but holy smokes, they have just been on the struggle bus. Um on the road. But yeah, Minnesota. I'm gonna take Minnesota and the under. I don't think Carolina gets there for the points.
1: I 100% agree with you on that one. Um, I think Minnesota finally gets on the board in the win column here. Uh, I think they find a way to do that by, by probably about a touchdown in this thing when it's all said and done. I don't trust the Carolina offense to be able to move the ball efficiently, to be able to put up points, uh, especially if Miles Sanders ends up missing. Uh, so we're now really relying on Bryce Young, who has not looked very good all season long to go out there and not only command the offense, but to move the offense and do it, uh, do so effectively. So I not going to surprise me to, to look up and we see this one where it's, you know, Minnesota puts up 27, uh, you have know, 27 points. And we see the Carolina Panthers at 14, 17, uh, type of deal. There So coming in just under on this one, as far as a prop that I really like, really like uh, Jordan Addison to go over his 39 and a half receiving yards when this one's all said and done. Alrighty. And we'll get Kevin back here in just a moment. Uh, so we'll go ahead and head on over here to the next matchup. We'll come back and we'll get his prop here in just a moment on that Minnesota game. But next matchup here, we have the... Pittsburgh Steelers heading over to take on the Houston Texans. Pittsburgh favored by three. The over-under on this one, 42-and-a-half. And I think this one's going to be kind of a a gritty, grimy type of game when this thing's all said and done. Uh, Pittsburgh, I think, finds a way to get this thing done to win on the road. I think that this is going to be pretty close to a field goal type of game. Not going to surprise me. We look up and we see this thing be a 21-18 Type of uh, points on this one. So Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh, I'm taking them. I'm going to take the under when it's all said and done. And this is also one of those that I'm going to take the young rookie as my prop and tank Dell, who's come out, just kind of lit the world on fire last couple of weeks, getting the targets and the receptions on this thing and the yards. So I he's done very well. I think that uh, he's going to go over his prop of three and a half receptions when this thing's all said and done, and I think we'll see a pretty good uh, matchup on this one. Now, one of the things that I'm kind of concerned about, right, In may have touched on this a little bit earlier in the show, but uh, C.J. Stroud, where he's looked really, really good here, has been when he has a very clean pocket, has been able to really rock and roll on – on that one there. Now Pittsburgh's going to get the ball or get that pass rush up the field a little bit. And this is probably going to be the the first real test we see from CJ Stroud on how does he deal with a monster pass rush and how does he deal with a dirty pocket? Because I don't think that we're going to be able to see him step back and and make the progressions and make the reads that he's been able to do recently to really put up some really good numbers here uh, to start. So, I think that's one of those that that could ultimately, um, you know, be an issue for him, and, and that's something that uh, we'll see how that kind of comes to play. But Kevin, what are your thoughts on this Pittsburgh and Texans game?
0: I guess first things first, Adam Thielen over forty eight and a half. Okay, I like the revenge game, um, and then I, I think Pittsburgh just because of experience wins this game. Now. I do think the Texans are gonna give them a whole lot of fight, right? I think this is gonna be a close game. Neither offense is equipped to blow the other one out. Um, but I'm think I'm feeling the under here. Like I'm feeling like this is you know twenty one twenty or twenty one seventeen. I guess twenty one seventeen, right? So that way Pittsburgh can cover something like that. But um, gritty game. Yeah. Uh, Need, need need to see Najee show up. Like, and we need Kenny Pickett to force the safeties to stay back. Like, he's got to be – they need, need to be more efficient in the passing game. Matt Canada has to do a better job calling plays because it is causing a lot of pain um, in the run game because they're not dynamic enough in the passing game.
1: What was your prop on that one?
0: On the Steelers?
1: Yeah, or the, oh. the Steelers-Houston.
0: Um, what'd you take?
1: I took uh, Tank Dell to go over three and a half receptions.
0: I'd take Stroud to go over 238 and a half. Like, I think he finds a way to get to, man, that's a big number for him. That's all right.
1: Although he's hit that number two of the last, uh, the last two weeks.
0: Yeah. No, so. I'm going to stick with it. I'm going to stick with it.
1: All righty, I like it. Let's go ahead and get on into Los Angeles where the Las Vegas Raiders are coming to face the Los Angeles Chargers. Uh, Chargers favored by five and a half on this one, the over under is 48 and a half. Thoughts on this one?
0: Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take the Chargers here. They, Yeah, I'm going to take the Chargers here. I, I like this. I, I think they're in a good spot at home. The Raiders are not a very good team right now. There's a chance Jimmy Garoppolo does not play, which I think is leading to this narrative. Um, but the Raiders are struggling in the secondary, and that is where the Chargers are feasting here. So um, Keenan Allen, another another big day for the Chargers. And uh, we're going to take the under, though. I... Mm, We're going to take the under, just barely, just barely.
1: Fair enough. I do like the chargers on this one. Uh, Even though Brandon Staley tends to try and do everything that he can to seemingly put those games at risk. um, Yeah. It still boggles my mind that, that last, that call last week. But anyway, uh, I'm going to take the over. I I think that, you know, we're going to see the chargers put up some star Wars numbers on, uh, on these Las Vegas Raiders here to the point where it's not going to surprise me. We look up and we see the chargers put up 35 points. And I think we can see the Raiders get to about 14. So um, I really like the chargers in this one. I like the over, I really like Keenan Allen to go ham in this one and go over his receiving prop of 84 and a half receiving. Yards.
0: Very good. I'm taking Joshua Kelly to go under 52 and a half. I just do not find him to be effective.
1: Yeah. I, I yeah, even if they're putting up that kind of uh, win total on that one, I think that they uh, they just keep throwing the ball. So, all right, a couple of questions here. Let's hit these guys up. Uh, Terry's asking: Madison or James Cook? Full point PPR. It's James Cook, and I'm not thinking twice about it.
0: Yep, cosine Cook.
1: Uh, Matt C over on YouTube. Hey guys, have $38 of fab of this $100 budget left. Has Fryer moved? But someone dropped Waller. Should I unload all my fab for Waller? If not, how much? Thanks, guys. There's a reason that Darren Waller's now sitting on your your waiver wire. Um, like he hasn't he hasn't looked great. The Giants' offense hasn't looked great. He's been effective enough, but yeah, this isn't one of those that you're really you're really getting that much more out of what you've already got there. Uh, my, in, in all reality, so I'm looking at this from a half-point PPR scoring, Darren Waller's put up 0.1 more points over the season. They're averaging 6.4 points per game on this thing. So if you want to go out and get Darren Waller and give up Pat fire moves, I get it, right? Like it's been a touchdown deal is the difference between these guys uh, that has kept these guys that close. Um, But I'm probably only you – yeah, know, I'd probably spend – yeah, 15, 20 bucks of that fab on that one to, to rock and roll that one and leave myself a little something left because you've still got 10 weeks before the playoffs start.
0: Yeah, no, nah, I'm I'm putting like two or three bucks down. Like, it, it's a, I don't mind it. Yes, I want it, but I need to kind of like how you mentioned, I need to be cognizant of what I have for fab. I mean, depends on the believer you are in Waller. Like I, I think he's gonna come back around. So you know, five, ten. I mean, but I would not I would not go over ten dollars for Darren Waller.
1: Yeah. And I'm just trying to look up like the, their their game logs here and see that like Pat Fryermost has been the far more consistent guy for you, except for his blunder in week two. He's been a top six or better tight end for you, whereas Darren Waller's best finish on the week has been tight end seven. Um, so from a consistency standpoint and a weekly starter type of thing, Pat Firemouth has been the better, better starter for you, right? Like I, I realized that I, I went through and I talked about the fact that he's outscored Pat Firemouth by 0.1 points. Pat Firemouth has given you more usable games, right? Pat Firemouth, you could have used them in week one and in week, uh, three here, and he would not have lost you the position by that much, right? Like, if you were going up against somebody that had a top five tight end, okay, right? You're you're losing a couple of points there, but for the most part, he's giving you good enough weeks that he's not losing you the position there. Whereas that cannot necessarily be said about Darren Waller. Darren Waller just seeing more volume, more targets, but has yet to find the end zone. And I don't know that if I've got to trust in Daniel Jones' right arm like that, that's a, that's asking a lot. So. Anyway, I, I went on a, on that one on my Daniel Jones bashing longer than I probably should have. But anyway, that's kind of where I see that one, Matt. See, you can, you can take that one as you as you will there. Um, all right, heading to the next matchup here. We got week four, the New England Patriots heading over to Dallas to take on the Cowboys. Dallas favored by six and a half, over under on this one, 43. Thoughts on this one?
0: Taking New England. That's <laughs> just the way that the Cowboys offense looked at Arizona – you guys are going to have to earn this one back now. So I'm going to take new England to cover uh, and and it might be the hook that does us in here, but I think Belichick will have something in in store to kind of slow down the Cowboys offense, stymie them a little bit. If Arizona was able to do it, I'm sure bill Belichick can as well. Um, So I like that. And I'm, I'm going to play to the under. Like I just, you haven't seen these big points come up for the Cowboys yet. So, you know, Twenty-three twenty, some something, something like that, and even the if bush, it's, I like it, even if it's twenty-three seventeen, right? You're still, you know, you're still covering the spread at that point. So, right under.
1: I, I was I was leaning Dallas all day when I was looking at this thing. But I think you're right. I think that that hook ultimately gets us. So I'm going I'm to do some flip-flopping here, and I'm going to go with New England on this one. I I think you're right. When I And this is where I kind of kept coming down to it. I thought that Dallas might be able to do just enough in putting up points. But I do like the under a lot more than i like Dallas being able to cover this by a full touchdown. And you know, you're talking about Bill Belichick. What, what he's going to do is he's going to try and take away what you want to do on the offensive side of the ball. Dallas wants to run the ball. Dallas is wanting to to run the ball. And I think that's what Bill Belichick is going to focus on trying to stop and take away is uh, ultimately slowing Tony Pollard and this Cowboys rushing attack down to the point where we see that it's a low scoring, grinded out, grimy type of game. And he's going to put the uh, he's going to put the the Cowboys victory on Dak Prescott having to throw the ball. Like I really think that's where this is going to come down to it. So um I like that, and when those are the case, and that's the odds, I like the, I like New England to keep this thing closer than a touchdown. I'm going to take the under, and I'm going to take Kendrick Bourne to go over his receiving prop of 30.5 yards.
0: Very good. I'm taking Zeke to go over 27.5 in a revenge game.
1: I, I was really leaning that way and taking a Zeke prop as well, and I was like, ah, this Kendrick Bourne one, too good to pass up, I think righty, Azizi asking, uh, would you drop Dotson? Uh, or would you pick up Johnson, or do you th- think it's just ain't gonna happen this season for him? I mean, it's it's tough. It really depends on what you think on what Sam Howell and Eric Bianami and the commander's offense is gonna do. But uh right now, the like Ron Rivera is is high up on the uh High up on the uh, the odds to be one of the first coaches fired this season here, even and that's with him starting out two and one. Like the hot seat is is real there, and I don't know that we're going to necessarily see much of that change. Right, this offense is an offense that features Terry McLaurin, Jahan Dotson, Antonio Gibson, Brian Robinson, and they can't seemingly use any of these guys effectively enough for them to be fantasy relevant week in week out. So I like the upside. I like the big playability Jahan Dotson presents. I don't like the what I I don't like the rosters that I have to roll out when I'm start if I'm starting Jahan Dotson, right? Because I'm having to pick up uh, floor pieces elsewhere, right? Like Jahan Dotson's a ceiling play in most cases doesn't present you much of a floor for me. So I'm having to take shots other places. That I'd rather put a little bit safer floor and, and still have some upside there than what I'm having to do when I roll Jahan Dotson into a starting lineup.
0: Yeah. Yeah, the bench spot is worth the stash, right? See, see yeah. if they're able to kind of figure this out as they get used to the enemy's offense. Like, I understand the allure to Jahan Dotson. So if you have the bench space, that's, that's where you do it, but I don't – you don't force this move, right? It's a luxury move.
1: That's that's a very good way of saying that. I like how you put that. All right, next matchup here. We have the Arizona Cardinals heading over to the San Francisco to take on the 49ers. San Francisco favored by 14. The over-under is 44 on this one. Thoughts?
0: Hmm. I'm going to take San Francisco to cover here. They're they're just too sound mechanically to allow mental miscues and inability to get plays in and all the problems that the Cowboys had last week. So I'm going to take San Francisco to cover, and Arizona goes back on their course to a top three draft pick.
1: Fair enough. Arizona has yet to miss covering uh, or getting the uh, the spread. They're 3-0 against the spread. I'm going to play into that, and I'm going to take the, uh, the Cardinals to find a way to keep this a 10-point game when this thing's all said and done. They've come out incredibly strong to start the games for whatever reason, and I think we can see some of that uh, continue here. I do like the over. I do think San Francisco ends up putting up enough points uh, to get us there eventually on this one. So – I'm taking Arizona to cover, or on the or Arizona with the points. I'm liking the over on this one. One of the props that I really like is Brandon Ayuk to go over 50.5 receiving yards.
0: I'm going to take Josh Purdy over 229 and a half passing.
1: I like it. And I miss getting your the typing on the over under.
0: I'll go over with
1: you. Alrighty. And then real quick, back to Azizi. uh He's got uh, the wide receivers are Tyreek, Olave, Keenan, Puka, Addison, DJ in a th- three um, three wide receiver PPR format. And Dotson's never going to see your starting lineup. I mean, maybe maybe through some bye weeks, maybe through some injuries to some of those guys. But like, this is a guy that you're you're putting on there to be your sixth wide receiver. You could make an argument maybe, you know, week here or week there that he's, you know, more startable than DJ Moore, but ultimately you're gonna get you about the same outcome. I don't know. Any other thoughts on this one?
0: Um, yeah, you you definitely don't need to. If you're given a waiver priority to do this, then absolutely not. But if it resets at the end of every week, then I mean, stash them for a week or two, see what happens. Yeah, I mean, your needs will change, and you know that then you have a easy, droppable player to go fill a position of need. Right.
1: All right. I like it. Sunday night game, we got Kansas City taking on the New York Jets. Kansas City favored by 9.5. The over-under is 42.5. Thoughts on this one?
0: Nine and a half feels like a lot. It does games? It's dropped a full point to eight and a half on MGM now. Um, I like I, that
1: line even better.
0: Yeah, so um, I'll take Kansas City here. I feel like they're starting to find their groove. Right? They had their kind of get right game against Chicago, mm-hmm. and yes, the pass rush is going to cause a few problems for Patrick Mahomes, but ultimately. Because they just use the whatever wide receivers open method and Travis Kelsey, I think that they're still able to move the ball up and down the field here. So I'm going to take Kansas City, and I'm going to take the over. I think it's just a little too low.
1: Yeah, 42 and a half seems really low. I'm right there with you on taking the over, Kansas City. I was taking them even at the nine and a half. So the fact that the lines moved down to eight and a half, I like that even better. Like this is just one of those that I don't see the Jets being able to keep up with Kansas city at all on this thing. So, and yeah, you know, even as good as the jets defense is, you know, I, I don't know that we really see the jets slow down um, Patrick Mahomes in this offense to keep them under, you know, 30 points. Like that's, that's a tough ass to do because the, how do you keep Kansas city from scoring lots of points? You keep them. You keep their offense off the field, and how do you do that? Your offense moves the ball effectively, and quite frankly, I don't trust Zach Wilson to do any of that. So I'm taking the over. Wouldn't surprise me if Kansas City even comes close to touching that by themselves, and uh, I'm taking them to cover the cover that. As far as one of the props I really like, I I am going to take um, Patrick Mahomes to go under his two and a half passing touchdowns on this one. I think he gets two, and then we see uh, some running game. Uh, make an appearance
0: on this one. There you go. Uh, I'm going to take Rasheed Rice over 25 and a half. Like, he, he's, he's done well enough. He continues to earn himself some playing time, and I think he's able to make the most of it here. I like it.
1: Heading to the Monday night game. We have the uh, Seattle Seahawks taking on the New York Giants uh, push as far as the line was going on this one. Pick'em game over under 47 and a half. Thoughts on this one?
0: Seattle. Um, I do like the over in this game though. I feel like both teams can give it up here a little bit as we've seen throughout the season. So I think we're going to see some points here on Monday night. I'm going to take Seattle to come away with the win, though.
1: Fair enough. I do like Seattle to win on this thing. I do like the under though. I just, I don't know that I trust the giants offense to be effective enough to put the ball in the end zone enough to, to push us up there and I don't see Seattle being able to carry this necessarily you know, by themselves getting us to a 30 burger by themselves so um, ultimately I think we're going to see this one probably play out 24 to 20 um, type of thing bringing us just under on this one so I'm going to take the under but as far as a prop that I really like I'm going to take Kenneth Walker the third to go over one and a half receptions Ooh,
0: low hanging fruit for you Yep. Um, I'm going to take Tyler Lockett over 52 and a half.
1: All I like it. All righty. That's going to take us down here to the end of all of the, uh, the slate of games here. If you all have any final questions, make sure that you're throwing them in the chat. We'll hit those up real quick as we're, signing off and calling it a night but kevin that's going to take us down to final thoughts any final thoughts out there for the viewers and listeners
0: good luck right like we're going to start getting into this we're going to be you know kind of hitting the first major milestone it's time to start really moving and shaking here as we get into bye weeks because uh bye weeks test your depth right as much as these injuries have as well now we're going to start seeing bye weeks on top of it so depth is going to be tested so it's going to be, you know, some waiver wire moves, some trades, you know, battle of attrition here at the moment. So keep grinding. Absolutely.
1: I like it. Let's keep that rocking and rolling. You can hit us up on all the socials, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, uh, TikTok, at Good Old Boys FF. Best place to support the show, head over to YouTube, at Good Old Boys FF. Click that subscribe button, ring that bell. Uh, we got got lots of fun planned for it next Tuesday. We'll get into some of that buy and low as well as, the results of the pine and shine, all of that. But that's going to do it for us tonight. He's Kevin. I'm Derek. Have a good one. Be safe to lose.